listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where we talk rock and roll all night and podcast every day. We are your hosts, John Otney. And Colin Westman. Well, it's Christmas time, and you know what that means? A shitload of Christmas songs. Last year we talked about some of our favorites. This year, we're going the other way. We're going to the dark side, the worst of the worst. The worst Christmas songs. And the way we're going to do this is, I think we're going to kind of make a list, maybe, out of... uh, a handful of songs. We'll see if we feel like it after we've named all the songs we're going to talk about. We have about 12 we want to rank them. really big pieces of shit that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And then if we want to put them in order, we might do that. That'll be fun. First, I'd just like to, you know, just talk about Christmas. Colin, how are you feeling this? Are you in the Christmas spirit? Uh, Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think not. so. Yeah. No. I, I, I was. I was for a brief period of time. I think the thing is, like, Christmas started so early for me this year. And then it was just like, I can't take it now. It's been going on for too long. I saw my first Christmas commercial literally midnight of Halloween. (laughs) Like, it's Halloween. Everyone's all settling down, going to bed. It just becomes officially November 1st. I see a Christmas commercial on TV. I am pissed. But that's okay. Because then by the end of November, a little bit after Thanksgiving, I was kind of in the mood. You know, we watched um, Christmas Vacation. And we watched, like, Gremlins, like... It wasn't even December yet, or maybe it was December 1st we watched Gremlins. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the Christmas spirit. But now it's like, you know, however many days later, I'm like, it's still going, man. There's still, it's going to keep going. We still got like however many more days of this. Yeah. It just, sometimes it just feels so long. (laughs) So I think I'm in the perfect mindset to do this list. I feel like I'm a little exhausted with Christmas right now. Yeah. So I'm ready to talk about some of the shittiest Christmas songs. How did you go about making this list? Did you have to do a lot of research? Just dig into I your did past? A, a little bit. I mean, uh, there, there were a few that first came to mind as far as Christmas songs that I know I, I'm going to hear every year, whether I like it or not. But I feel like a lot of these, yeah, I did do some research kind of trying to find, you know, not only songs I don't like, but also artists I don't like doing versions <laughs> of them where it's just like, you know, the perfect equation for a, a bad song yeah and especially with christmas songs we're like you know they're not subtle songs they're always just like trying to shove jolliness in your face and if like something really bad is being shoved in your face like that it's it's really unappealing yeah i didn't i didn't dig too deep but uh there's definitely a couple songs in here that i wasn't super familiar with before this this yeah. podcast because there's a lot of christmas songs that annoy me but i was like i know it can get so much worse i'm gonna <laughs> dig into this i'm gonna find some of the really really bad songs and i think we got some pretty bad songs <laughs> i'm really actually i'm at this point i'm really curious to see which one will be our least hated yeah it'll be interesting. dishonorable mention i guess or honorable mention i don't know so yeah let's just get right into it i put our list in alphabetical order so we're kicking it off with all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, the Jimmy Buffett version. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, my two front teeth, yeah, my two front teeth. Gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. It seems so 
words I could say Sister Susie sitting on a thistle Gosh, oh gee, how happy I'd be If I could only whistle yeah, this is one, you know, it's just kind of out there. It's always been out there, but it's just not a very good song. I mean, it definitely kind of rides the line of novelty songs, which some of these are. And, you know, Christmas songs aren't supposed to be taken that seriously, but this one's just like just like a dumpy little song for little kids, I guess. It's weird to hear it be sung by a guy who mostly caters to, like, 60-year-olds with his music. It is weird, because first off, this song is for babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's called All I Want For Christmas Is My Two Front Teeth, meaning a little kid who's lost his two front teeth. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's all I want for Christmas. I can't talk very well without my two front teeth. And it's a novelty song from the 40s, originally by Spike Jones and his City Slickers, mm. which is an excellent name. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's it's a, yeah it's good to go with Jimmy Buffett because what is is I think this is like for his fans to the, to make them think about like their grandchildren <laughs> you know yeah it's like oh I got kids and their grandkids and they're like that they don't got their front teeth oh, 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 oh. a lot but, of polite laughter going on and maybe it's sure. also like tapping into the fact that Jimmy Buffett's fans are just like old people, but they're like, we're just adults at heart. We just like to chill on the beach and not take ourselves too seriously. Enjoy a cheeseburger in paradise. And I hate the fact that this song basically gives you everything you need to know in the first sentence, and it keeps going. Like, it doesn't need to be any longer than 10 seconds long. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Done. You know, something I didn't look up is what kind of album artwork this has. I assume it's probably nothing that I think it's him, like, on a, like, I don't know, on a raft or something. Because before I look at it, my it. dream, which I know it isn't, but my dream is, like, Jimmy Buffett wearing somehow a Hawaiian shirt that's also Christmas-themed mm. and then wearing, like, a Santa hat on the beach with the guitar <laughs> and maybe there's a palm tree in the background with candy cane stripes. <laughs> I really want that combination of like beach culture and Christmas and the okay, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> so it, it, yeah, you're right. It, it is him on a raft. Uh, the album is called Jimmy Buffett. Tis the season. He's dressed in uh, summer Santa wear, and it's pretty tight. It's like really showing off his <laughs> his body. Yeah, it looks like there's two out. there's two dogs that are border collies with uh, little plush uh, reindeer horns antlers. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is pretty good. This is this is what I expected. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I have nothing against Jimmy Buffett. Like he he's just making money, <laughs> you know. Yep. But uh, man, how lame! Like, and how lame are Jimmy Buffett fans? No offense. <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I think you do mean some offense, but you know, it's like, like whatever, why would anyone want this? Whatever floats your boat, man. This is totally unrelated. But do you think Jimmy Buffett? Um, at his restaurant has a Jimmy Buffet. Because he has... Margaritaville is a restaurant, right? And isn't Cheeseburger in Paradise also a restaurant? Oh, maybe. That's what you gotta do. You gotta write a couple of songs that have something food or drink related and then just crap out a bunch of restaurants. Yeah. That's a really good idea. <laughs> I just heard my dog in the background grumble. Oh. <laughs> 
not a fan of capitalism. I but guess. maybe she's a fan of our next song, which is uh, we couldn't really settle on one version, but it's a big song this year, and that's "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Colin, why do you think people are having so much trouble with this song this year? <laughs> well, I think this song has actually been banned by a lot of radio stations, oh, yeah, actually. I think I heard that. It was actually banned. Because it kind of coincides with the, the Me Too movement that's happened recently. And, you know, I get it. It's a song that is kind of like about the you know subtle misogyny that existed and still exists uh when men like can't take no for an answer and are trying to kind of corner women into like doing something romantic with them that they don't really want to do and that's kind of what the song's about since the male singer who's usually singing We'll be like, it's so cold, stay in my apartment, and we can do things together. And the female singer's always like, no, I want to go. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I stand on this one. I, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. They seem like a little creepy, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Like it's hard to really catch the vibe. Yeah, in this song. it kind of <laughs> depends on who's doing it and how it's interpreted. As far as like how agitated the man or woman will sing their parts. Because like I think of Elf, yeah. which they say that I'm like, there's nothing creepy about that version. Mm-hmm. But then I notice just if you search "baby, it's cold outside" lyrics, the first artist that comes up is Dean Martin. Yeah. So I can imagine that one being like, "Hey, baby, don't go." Stay over here with Dino. And he's like clearly drugged. (laughs) So, yeah, 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 I get that. Something I also didn't know about this song, um, this song won an Academy Award. Was it Uh, in a movie? It apparently was, uh, it was written in 44, but it was in a movie called Neptune's Daughter in 1949. Not a movie I've heard of. Esther Williams and Red Skelton and Ricardo Montalban. Uh, I feel like that doesn't... um, that wouldn't work for today's Oscar rules, I'm just saying. <laughs> but okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm really torn on this one. I get it, but now I'm like, oh, dude, how many love songs do we have to reassess now? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it really that bad? Uh, I don't know. Opinion pending. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me the rest of the podcast to think about it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, so let's move on to a song, though, I really fucking hate. This is <laughs> Christmas in the Northwest by Branda Cuts White. The wind may not blow, might not even snow, but there's nothing like Christmas right here at home. Not be white, might be a rainy night, but there's nothing like sharing. Now, if you're listening to this song from 
if, if you're not from the Northwest, you probably don't know this song because it's kind of a regional favorite. Yeah. Even then, you might not know it, even if you are from it, yeah, the Northwest. Yeah, because it's kind of for a, it's, it's an older song. It's 1985. Yeah. And um, this is a song that I basically grew up hearing my parents talk about, which they hated it. Yeah. And and it's funny because I always noticed there was these CD compilations you could buy in Washington that were Christmas of the Northwest Volume Two, Volume Three. <laughs> I didn't think of anything of it, and then I found out. Wait, Christmas Northwest is an actual song—the song that like launched this whole thing. <laughs> and I think what's so lame about it for me is they're trying to make it sound like the Northwest is this beautiful place for Christmas, but like it's really not. <laughs> like it seems like the only thing in this song that makes it different from any other Christmas song is the fact that it's not snowing, just gonna drizzle a bit. <laughs> it might rain, but it's still beautiful. And like, what's beautiful about a gray, drizzly Christmas when there's people on the East Coast living in a winter wonderland? <laughs> like, you know, just it's almost trying to make it seem like a bad situation is better than the good situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we don't even want snow. It's actually way better over here. It's that kind of hometown pride, which I feel like it's it, it just got to you got to admit sometimes that there's some things that other regions have that you don't that are, and that it's better and you just have to deal with it. OK. Yeah, it also doesn't like really make any specific references to the northwest. It doesn't really it talk about any landmarks. It mentions green a lot because we have lots of trees. I guess it's just incredibly vague. Like even at least most Christmas songs, maybe they sing about the same stuff, but at least they'll give you a little bit of specific detail here for like presents and trees and bells and I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just. It's very low effort <laughs> lyrically and musically. It's just a shitty, shitty ballad, and it's super boring, and it's for people who are like 70 or older. <laughs> no offense if you're 70 or older, but this is for you. Uh, but it could get worse. It could get much, much worse <laughs> on our next song, yep. which is Christmas Shoes by New Song. Little boy waiting anxiously, pacing round like little boys do, and in his hands he held a pair of shoes, and his clothes were worn and old, he was dirty from head to toe, and when it came his time to pay, I couldn't believe what I heard him say. Sir, I wanna buy these shoes for my mom. Uh, yeah, who I guess is like a Christian rock band or something. I actually didn't know that. Like, I'd seen that Patton Oswalt bit before, but I'd forgotten it. Yeah. And listening to it, I'm not immediately hit that it's a religious group, because a lot of Christmas songs are religious. Yeah, I suppose. But it is talking about a woman being so sick on Christmas that she may meet Jesus tonight <laughs> because uh, yeah <laughs> she's not well it's funny I remember we did a podcast this is years ago and I'm sure you can find it on the rock or the mildly pleased that's our website archives mm-hmm. I think we did our top 10 maybe favorite Christmas songs yeah mildly pleased we did that and I remember point. we were talking about mood when it comes to Christmas song like mm-hmm. you can do like sad with like happy and you can do happy sad but you can't do sad sad but i think this one does it this one does sad sad (laughs) this one has a sad melody and sad lyrics 
Yeah, it's about some guy standing in line, and he sees some kid that wants to buy shoes for his dying mommy, and then uh, the clerk won't let him buy it because he doesn't have enough money, and so the guy in line buys it for the kid. It's just a weird premise, too, because, like... If you're a Christian, do you believe that you are wearing the same clothes that you died in when you get to heaven? <laughs> like you're going to be wearing those same shoes when you see Jesus tonight? Yeah, like if I die in a horrible car wreck, uh, is this like Beetlejuice rules where like I go and like I'm eviscerated from like I'm only a torso with like maybe one arm. Yeah. I go to heaven like hello. <laughs> I got something half back on earth. <laughs> I think this is playing by Beetlejuice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to be all like emaciated and riddled with cancer, but she's going to have some like some nice sweet shoes, shoes for Jesus to look at. Why shoes too? Why not like a scarf? Yeah. It's all very cool. What a dumb kid. <laughs> also watching the music video, I couldn't tell. It seemed like maybe this was written for like a Hallmark movie starring Rob Lowe. Really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't look too much into the background of the song. This is like two thousand or something, or is it a little later than that? Oh, I don't know. It's definitely that the two right. thousands. Yeah. Somewhere. I just saw lots of clips of <laughs> Rob Lowe like hanging out with a kid and visiting. He's a done sick a couple like Christian and bed Hallmark yeah. type movies, especially during his period where like he's like, I'm too good for the West Wing. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a Christmas Shoes film from 2002, uh, made for television, uh, starring Rob Lowe. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't remember, uh, the song that well. Is there a reason the kid is not with a, his dad or something? I guess he's back at the hospital, but who's letting, why is this kid unattended? <laughs> I don't remember. Like, I, mean, yeah. I understand the family's going through some trauma, but it's like, you gotta be there for your child, right? I guess. Why is he at the store buying shoes? I don't know. Maybe he just, like, escaped because he couldn't take it anymore. I bet that so movie gives you, fills in a lot yeah. of that. <laughs> Man, what a downer of a movie that must be. Does it have the ending? Like, if you look it up on... Uh, uh, probably, yeah. Like, does it have a post uh credit sequence where the mom goes to heaven meets jesus yeah and he's like hey looking good <laughs> shoes mm. film i'm i'm gonna look real quick to see how detailed the uh the plot info is on wikipedia for this one. Oh, this was cbs wow jesus christ uh, let's see. Family sees the light go off in, a, in Maggie's room. I assume that's Maggie, the mom. Later, Robert sees the package. It's funny how I'm just reading the character. I don't know. I haven't read any of the other details of the movie. Later, Robert sees the package his mom, Ellen, had sent and reads the note inside. She would be happy to know he is making time for his family just as she wanted for Robert. We flash forward to present time at the cemetery. Robert tells the younger man that he likes his Boston Red Sox cap. After the younger man leaves, Robert sees the red shoes on the grave the young man is visiting. He realizes who he is and calls after him, but he's already driven off. Robert smiles to himself and heads back to his car. So the mom does die. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sucks. What a downer of a movie. Mm. Ew. The, okay, the Christmas shoes. At least she'll be looking good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to another song? 
Sung by a bunch of men who are looking good. Uh, this is Band-Aid. Uh, the song is Do They Know It's Christmas. Band-Aid is also We Are the World. The same thing? I don't think so. I think, okay. only, I think that was all American artists. So this, is all this is all British artists. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Well, did... did um Because this is a Bob Geldof joint. Yeah, so it's mostly yeah. British, Irish. Did they have another song or was this their song? I get like... all these super, super groups mixed up. <laughs> I feel like this was their only song. I'd love to know, too, if they had one of those weird outlier celebrities, like how... The We Are the World had Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Like, did this have, like, Rowan Atkinson somewhere making sound effects? (laughs) Yeah, we were just watching the music video to this. Everyone has fabulous hair, by the way. Yeah. You got Sting. You got Boy George. You got the Duran Duran guy. It was, like, Simon Labont or something. Simon Labon. Labon. Of course, Phil Collins. George Michael. George Michael. Bono. Bono. And I assume Bob Geldof is there doing something well he's producing um my first problem with listening to this song for the first time in a while was first it kind of starts with like you can almost hear faintly like almost like a an african kind of chant low in the mix it's like <laughs> yeah. which i don't know it feels like real like in real poor taste especially the fact that it's all white dudes <laughs> it's all white british dudes and you know, of course Britain had colonies all over Africa, mm-hmm. and then it goes. With the, it has like, it's like, and I understand this is like the peak peak eighties, but it sounds so shitty. <laughs> like I, I was just waiting for those kind of eighty eighties drum, drums with the really like intense snare. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't really know what. I should have read more. I don't really know what the point of this song is. It's like raise buddy for Africa. No. But like it's also like is it like forcing the idea of Christmas? Do you even know do you even know it's Christmas? It's really hard to tell. Like do they even the ca- why would they even care? They have so much <laughs> shit to worry about in third world nations. It seems do they even know it's Christmas? Yeah. I understand the intention is good, but for some reason just that title makes it seem really shitty. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas? Yeah, no, I don't have a lot to say about this song. It's just, I don't know, getting all these guys together. Like, look at, look at, we're like, it's, it has that, like, very, I like to call it, like, weekend warrior vibe. Like, we're doing so much. You know, we're just going to half ass a Christmas song, and we're all super rich and famous. And granted, some of the, a lot of these guys have, like, done a lot of humanitarian stuff. This particular song feels really low effort. And I feel like it's been constantly made fun of for years and years just because it is such a cheesy song. Mm-hmm. It's not a very catchy song. Honestly, I don't hear it on the radio that much. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's played quite a bit. I hear it sometimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Do they know it's Christmas? 
I don't think they care. <laughs> Let's move on to a a more upbeat song. <laughs> In fact, it's got such a beat that like you have to tap your toes to it. Yeah. It's funky, funky Christmas by New Kids on the Block. Also feels very half-assed. Is this song even a song? It doesn't feel like a song. They just like put a beat together, and then they came up with like one vocal hook that they just sing over and over again. Yeah, so it begins with just like spoken word, just like just goofing. hanging out, goofing around. Lots of goofing. Yeah, and then a very very percussive beat. Like there's like wood block in there, and you know. Have a funky, funky Christmas. And then it's kind of hip-hop. Yeah, more which, than I would have expected. I was trying to remember. They were mostly like just like pop. It's so it's weird that there's not yeah. much in the way of like singing. Yeah. I like, I thought that was their thing. Like, that's their skill set, right? Is that their singer? Not that they're rappers. Maybe they rap. Well, they know. do, and it's terrible. <laughs> I bet this was a big inspiration for, uh, for Marky Mark. He's like, hey, I can do that. Yeah. I can do what my big brother's doing. I can do that. And this song's like, it's pretty long too, if like I recall. Over five minutes. I assume that's just so every member can get in his shitty, like, half ass little rap about rapping presents and shit. Yeah. Let me look up the words um, real quick. I'm sure they're pretty funny. Funky, funky. I definitely don't hear this one on the radio. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one until doing my research for this list. Yeah, a lot of like, Danny D, are you ready? Yeah, Jordan, John, yeah, come on. Got to name all the members so you know who's all in the group. Sneaking downstairs on Christmas Eve, I saw a sight just wouldn't believe St. Nick by the fireplace, dusting off his head with a frown on his face. This is a mouthful. Uh, He said, you left the fire burning, and I burnt my butt. So now I've learned you've got to turn the fireplace down so Santa won't get burnt. (laughs) That doesn't rhyme. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't see which part of this earlier in the song rhymes with the burned part, so that's a little confusing. <laughs> Danny D's here with Christmas cheer, no feeling to the end, the party of the year. It's going, I'm showing fresh rhymes I'm throwing. It's snowing outside, but we ho ho hoing. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just going, ho ho ho. Uh, I love these rhymes. Okay, see, this is like. <laughs> This next line is like the epitome of why this is so lame. Um, it's Christmas. Can you swing this? Funky dope jam top on your Christmas list. Do you dig this? Funky dope jam. Boy, there ain't no twist. Just something you wish for and you almost missed, huh? Funky Christmas and a happy new year. How could you be booing it with Donnie D doing it? <laughs> this is like learning to rap as you go. Yeah. Kind of like white people still didn't really know what rap was. Where it's, a lot of it is announcing who you are. <laughs> but but they still thought they could do it, nonetheless, because that's just the confidence of white people. You don't have to go too fast. You don't have to use any difficult words. It has a very predictable r- rhythm and pattern. It's 
it's the more I read this, it's a pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. So since I've never gotten to the end of the song, I didn't even read this part. Ho ho ho! This is the MC Santa Claus and my elf little Joe. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. We're gonna kick the ballistics of our Christmas wishes. <laughs> yeah. Who's little? Is I, I think little Joe. Is there Joey? Maybe that's a member. Of this is before our times. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna read up on the history of Funky Funky Christmas. I have much better things to do with my life. I guess no. not though, because I'm talking so much <laughs> and analyzing the lyrics. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's got a good, got a good beat at least. Yeah, can't argue with that. And we also can't argue that Grandma got run over by a reindeer by Elmo and Patsy. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication and she staggered out the door. Uh, yeah. Snow. I hate this song. <laughs> when we found this is, I yeah. I don't know if I'd actually heard it, like, or sat down to listen to it. I've heard it so many times. Yeah. So many times. I think I'd avoided it pretty well, even though, for some reason, the melody was kind of familiar. But I do hate the melody, and I hate the timbre it's sung in. It's so dopey. I mean, the guy sounds old. Because fuck old people, apparently. That's the one message you should take away from this podcast. But it's just... Uh, it's just something about the melody and the way it's sung. I find incredibly unappealing. And it's this weird genre of, like, almost country. Yeah. But it's, like, too bland to actually be country. It's like hee-haw country. Yeah. It's like the, one of the members of hee-haw escaped. And he went to go write a Christmas song. Actually, for all I know, this guy has deep connections to Hee Haw. I noticed Elmo has a, um, a Wikipedia page, but not Patsy, which is his wife. Elmo Shropshire. Okay. Um, what's so funny is uh, here's here's how it lists his... Um, because, you know, on Wikipedia, it'll say, like, is an actor, director, writer. Here's the order in which they list Elmo's accomplishments. Elmo Shropshire is an American veterinarian, competitive runner... And country music singer. <laughs> That's his third thing. Wow. So he's more accomplished for the other things. Okay. I'm going to do a quick a control F for hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was, this is kind of, this is a little later. This is mid-80s. It's another thing. It's like, it's hard to well, pinpoint when this song is even from, because it, it feels, or no, it's 79. I think it was late 70s. 79, you're yeah, right. And then it had like a video that they would play on MTV around the holidays or something. It feels like a song that was written in like the 40s. Yeah. It's that like old fashioned. <laughs> Though I guess you could say it's a little more macabre, because grandma got run over. Mm-hmm. She died, I guess, in this song. But it's like funny because yeah. the way they sing it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's 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 the way it's sung. It's the fact that it's like about grandparents too, which all <laughs> automatically makes it so uncool. That sounds like. Let me see. How old is Elmo Shropshire right now? So he's eighty-two right now. So he was like in his forties. He feels like he's in his eighties when he <laughs> sings it. He sounds super old. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's one line in particular that is um, I'm thinking about that I really don't like. 
grandma got run over. There's that part where it's like all the other people sing along like it's a bar song. Yeah. It's like, right. send her back! Send her back! What does Patsy do? No idea. Maybe she <laughs> plays piano or something. Or, uh... Drums. Yes. <laughs> We're so proud of Grandpa. I think there's a, uh, a kid's movie. There's definitely a movie. There's so much here for a narrative. <laughs> Yeah, that they used to right. show on like Cartoon Network when we were kids. Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. Okay. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a New Kids on the Block version, but it's uh, a group parodying New Kids on the Block. Mm-mm. It's called New Kids Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Mm-mm. Seems dumb to do a, a parody of like a novelty song. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, and of course, this song is a recurring kind of a recurring joke on the good place at least in the first season remember that i don't remember that well they well i don't want to spoil anything from the good place but there's a there's a time where things were changing in the good place and they had like a playlist and it was just grandma got run over by a reindeer and she she, that she fucking hates me song (laughs) and then it's like and for our last song of the night Grandma got run over by a reindeer slash she hates me played at the same time. And I thought that's so funny that they settled on those being the two worst songs of all time. So sorry, Elmo. And puddle of mud. Yeah. At least Elmo has so many other interests to kind yeah, of he's got his 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 hobbies. I'm sure plenty of people love this song, but I know a lot of people hate it. I'm just glad that he has other things that he can do for those uh for the harder times. I saw he performed this on Fox and Friends a couple years ago. <laughs> Not helping his case. <laughs> Sometimes he's known as Dr. Elmo, I think, because of his veterinarian background. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, uh, let's, let's move on to a standard, a, a, a classic, a classic Christmas song, sung by one of our most talented musicians. This is uh, Jingle Bell's uh, The Brett Michaels Version. Mm-hmm. Everybody, one, two, three, like this. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse for Wednesday. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. The snow in one open the There's a lot of versions of Jingle Bells. Too many, I would argue. What led you to this version? Uh, well, I just felt like I had to put some version of Jingle Bells just because I don't feel like I've ever heard a version that I was impressed by. <laughs> and I don't like Brett Michaels very much. <laughs> He's just Got like the ultimate sleazy aging rocker vibe. Take off your stupid bandana. Yeah, show the real world what your hairline looks like. Yeah, come on, we're all dying to know. <laughs> and then this version, you know, it's about as good as you could hope for, but it's just like, how, right. how good could it possibly be? It's Jingle Bells. You know, he tries to like put his own spit on the melody. Of like making there be like an actual chorus and like verse and stuff, but it's just so lame. 
And this is, I don't know, probably from the late 2000s. Yeah. Around the time when he was doing all those VH1 uh, reality shows where he tried to get women to sleep with him. <laughs> <laughs> what I find so funny about it is he's really trying to put some edge into it. And so many Christmas songs just don't lend themselves to that kind of style. That kind of, this is rock song now. Yeah. You know, you can't sing Jingle Bells or Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman and make them like heavy. They're they're almost they're basically children's songs. And Jingle Bells to try to make that something tough is just so lame. I'm I'm trying to think is there any Christmas song that you could make edgy and it wouldn't seem as weird? I can't think of any <laughs> off the top of my head. Um uh, I mean not not like of the standards i guess maybe of one of the more like traditional like old christian ones oh maybe yeah you like how i mean it's, it's totally not the same thing but uh what's that uh trans-siberian orchestra we'll do like that um is it what's, what's the one what's their big one you know that song that's like do 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 oh, uh carol of the bells yeah but i mean that's a little different because it's, it's an instrumental and yeah. but it is possible like if you pick one of those you could i was gonna say like oh Bethlehem or something, but probably not. Or, or Joy yeah. to the World, maybe one of those older ones. Uh, but no, not certainly not Jingle Bells. Certainly not Brett Michaels. He's not the man for the job. Is this solo Brett Michaels? Yeah, or is this solo Brett Michaels? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Doesn't have any like cool guitar solos, right? Or does I don't it? think so. I feel like it's pretty basic. If it was Poison, it would have. Because uh, I don't know if you know that Poison did a cover album like 2007. <laughs> It is the fucking funniest thing. Here, let me pull that up real <laughs> what quick. What do they do? Well, I, I, I've brought it up before. Um, I don't think on this podcast, but the funniest cover to me on that album is uh, Sexy Back. Yeah. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and it's even funnier that that particular track is a Walmart exclusive. Wow. Bringing Sexy Back. Yeah. Let's see. It's mostly uh, songs that they kind of grew up with like in like the 60s and 70s i see yeah. like suffragette city and um rock and roll night just one needed squeeze box don't mess around with jim your mama don't dance we're an american band and then sexy back <laughs> I, I just i was just wondering since they were so into this period of well i guess we wrote all the songs we could think of let's just cover <laughs> do covers i wonder if brett michaels was just in that mindset you know covers is a good way to make money yeah <laughs> Though this is probably, I would assume that this is on like a compilation, or is this a solo Brett Michaels? Ooh, I'm making know. you do a lot of work on this yeah. one, because I'm just really curious. Because <laughs> there is a lot of like heavy metal Christmas compilation CDs where they get artists, you know, like Twisted Sister and like White Snake to do covers. Yeah. See, there's a lot of forums that seem to be discussing this song. BrettMichaels.com. Yeah, I'm on the same site. <laughs> Uh, is it this isn't from like last year is it is it um, it looks like there's a lot of stuff saying that okay first yeah. of all why would there be so many articles that say Brett Michaels will release his own version of Jingle Bells <laughs> Brett Michaels to release holiday classic Jingle Bells November 17th yeah no the, the YouTube video I've been looking at is from 2017 <laughs> It's like brand okay new, so I that's guess. weird but also why was this worth reporting in advance <laughs> it's a big deal and people, you know, are talking about it a lot on brettmichaels.com. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you listen to a song that you think is like 15 years old or something, and then you exactly. find out it's from last year. Yeah. <laughs> She's just as relevant as ever. Uh-huh. Just like Mr. Justin Bieber mm-hmm. with mistletoe. Mistletoe. The street spreading so much cheer. I should be playing in the winter snow. But I'ma be under the mistletoe. I don't wanna miss out on the holiday. But I can't stop staring at your face. I should be playing in the winter snow. But I'ma be under the mistletoe. Why do you have a beef with this? I guess I don't. I just saw it on a lot of worst of Christmas lists. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of bad, but it's not like offensively bad. It's a it's a pretty laid back Christmas song. This I, is a peak baby Bieber. This is like peak. He's like 15. I, it looks like it from the video, and it's just. I guess this is the thing that bothers me is he's just like the chorus is just him just being like shorty with you. So using this weird like street phrase that wasn't even like popular by then probably and it's just like I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, come on, you're like twelve years old in yeah. like Ontario. <laughs> yep. I'm looking up, see how we do this. He's seventeen. Okay. So not quite a baby, but still yeah. he looks like he looks eleven. <laughs> On this, what else did he do on this album? The album is called Under the Mistletoe, so I guess Mistletoe was like the big track. On I think album. so. Um, yeah, mostly your standard covers. <laughs> All on it for Christmas is you, Drummer Boy, featuring Buster Rhymes, Silent Night. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, this I'm not I'm not arguing the song's like great or even good, but. It seemed pretty like Could inoffensive. Like yeah. there's really not much that that cringy about. It's just really lame. Mm-hmm. It's really like low effort, really predictable melody, kind of minimal backing. Yeah. So I think if we make a list, it probably won't end up on it. It's just too good. Uh, okay, let's move on to a song that's kind of astoundingly bad. It is trains. Shake up Christmas. It's Christmas time. There's a story that I was told, and I want to tell the world before I get too old. And don't remember it, so let's December it and reassemble it. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time in a town like this, a little girl made a great big wish to fill the world full of happiness and be on Santa's magic list. Uh, just has like all of the worst parts of like adult contemporary <laughs> pop where it's just so cloying and so uncool and uh, man it's just it's just bad <laughs> it's not surprising it came out like around the same time as when they did that song hey soul sister which was a big hit and weirdly kept train like kind of relevant and popular long past it seemed like they should have because i know that i was looking it up that drops of jupiter song was like 2001 and then i thought it was even older yeah but they they kind of stuck around and then they crapped out this christmas song i see this uh song is on two christmas albums wow or no one's not a christmas album which is weird that's weird when you put a christmas album not on a I think it's a bonus track 
on that okay. same album as Hey Soul Sister. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's also on Christmas in Todd. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Uh, and this is a song I hated probably in the first maybe five seconds. It's just the tone of that voice. It's kind of that post-grunge. I'm not really sure what you call it. The... So I hated it right away. I I'm, I haven't made it very far into this song. What is this uh, about? Like I have no idea. Is it just one of those kind of generic? It's just it's Christmas time. Yeah. It's not really a, really it's about Christmas anything. Time it just yeah. brings up Christmas imagery. Yeah, there's no point to the song. It's just there's not like any lyrics Christmas. about how you shake up Christmas. Like hey. Instead of putting up a Christmas tree, let's put up a palm tree. I could look up the lyrics. Let's see. It seems like the storyline is very convoluted because he does have like a, a kind of story arc where he mentions like a little girl in a town like this, <laughs> and then there's another part where he says, "And let's remember it and all December it," which is just okay. Okay. So what? Bad. What does that mean? I'll December it. I'll December. Like I'm it. saving it for December. Like, I'm going to put it down on my calendar. I'll December this. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell you, the single uh, artwork is some pretty weak Photoshop. Yeah. I've always hated the train font. It's like, I can't read. <laughs> here's, how I, here's how I write train. Um, a lot to take in, right? Yeah, there. it's like, once upon a time in a town like this, a little girl made a great big wish to fill the world full of happiness and Beyonce on his magic list. Then it goes to the chorus where it's like, shake it up, shake it, shake it up, shake up the happiness, Which wake I it up. I don't know what that has to do with anything at all. Wake up the happiness, come on all, it's Christmas time. And then the next verse he's talking about, at the same town miles away, a little boy made a wish that day that the world would be okay and Santa Claus would hear him say, I got dreams and I got love, I got my feet on the ground and family above. Can you sit? dark can you send some happiness with my best to the rest of the people of east and the west all right so here's my problem with this i hear the word the words shake up i think we need to change things we need to rattle some cages we need to mix this up we need to shake it up so far this all sounds very like this is like very in the mood of Christmas. So this is all very appropriate for Christmas. This isn't like a, a detour in any way from the normal things that go on during the Christmas season. So I don't think they're shaking up anything about Christmas. No, it's just a generic that phrase shit. that they're not even using correctly. And the, it also does the same thing that the New Kids on the Block song kind of does, where at the end they do like a sing along, but it's like ho ho ho. <laughs> that's terrible because yeah. especially during this period of music the, like the late 2000s you got a lot of that hey kind of music yeah. so I hate the idea of using hoes as like a big chant mm-hmm. that pisses me off that's just lazy and annoying I mean yeah I've never been a big train fan I've never had a big problem with them but uh, this song this really rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> it's bad. And I hate it now that we've we've looked at more of the lyrics and it, it makes no sense. You're not shaking up anything. Yep. It's like they just put some words into like a like some sort of generator to see what can we call it? Shake up Christmas. We'll go with shake up. <laughs> I guess. 
Could have at least been about an earthquake. Yeah. I would accept that. The Christmas earthquake. There's <laughs> a song that needs to be written. Um, here's a song, probably the most famous one out of all these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. <laughs> Spirits up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas. It's uh, look, Bob McCartney's great. That's that's not debatable. But what is very debatable is how much effort he put into this song. It's like very repetitive. the The production does not hold up very well at all. Like. Look, there there are good sounding synth sounds from the seventies and eighties. This is not one of them. I'm on the fence. Yeah, I don't hate it. But, I think that's okay. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> fully embrace it. I yeah. get the negativity. It's pretty repetitive. Any any song where there's only a couple lines before you get to the chorus every time. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just like a few, like two sentences and then you're in the chorus and you probably hear that chorus like ten times. I think it's that sense of repetition yeah. over and over again and there's really not much to it. I guess there's that ding dong part. Ding dong. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again and you know, you, you're just hearing that for almost four minutes so like I get it, I get it. And yeah, it is a weird synth sound. I don't know. I actually um, was doing a little little reading on this. Something that makes a lot of sense is he was working on this uh, around the same time he made McCartney 2. Have you ever heard that album? Mm-mm. Uh, so McCartney 2 is like the uh, sequel to McCartney, his first solo album. Yeah. Of course, the gimmick being it's just him. Like I think Linda McCartney does a few backup vocals. But aside from that, he plays every instrument. Yeah. But what's different about McCartney 2 as opposed to McCartney is it's almost all synths. Hmm. It's a whole... It's basically Paul McCartney plays Kraftwerk, the album. <laughs> you should definitely hear something. Yeah. I, I, probably the only That's song that anyone knows from it is Coming Up. Coming up like a flower. Hmm. I mean, that, at least that song's got guitar and weird synth horns. Also, yeah. I feel like I've shown you the music video for that, right? It's a bunch of McCartney's, like a bunch of them, of different genres. <laughs> There's like a McCartney in a heavy metal wig, and there's a McCartney dressed like Buddy Holly. Check out the Coming Up music video. <laughs> okay. But it, it, it's funny, because that's definitely the time period where he was discovering keyboards. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that a lot of these experiments were that successful. A lot of the songs on that album are really weird, so it just mm. makes so much sense that Wonderful Christmas Time was from that period of late 70s. This album, that album came out in 1980, the year after. Yeah. Um, he's kind of just dicking around, and it's funny. I guess even dicking around can be a hit single for McCartney. Yeah. yeah. He has that ability. But yeah, it makes so much sense to be in this conversation, but I just don't know where I, where I, where I sit on it. <laughs> I would be okay with it being on the list. Like, I get it. It's, it's easy to have, you know, affection for McCartney, and uh, especially if it's a song you've heard a lot. Um you know, as a kid and growing up and stuff. Yeah. I do wonder how I feel if it was a famous song for someone else. Yeah. I'm trying to think of someone else from that time period who could have done the song that would make me like it less. Hmm. Ah, it's hard. Like if this was a, this makes no sense. This is just the first thing that came to mind. If this was a James Taylor song, yeah. I would probably annoy me more. 
Now I really want James Taylor with keyboards. Somebody make that happen. <laughs> Daft Punk looking for another collaborator. James Taylor is available, I assume. But yeah, I think I think it is. It's got McCartney armor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for me to really judge it because I like him so much. Because I can't think of many things McCartney's done in his career that I dislike. Just because I'm that big of a McCartney fan. So. Yeah. But I get it. It probably is a bad song. It probably is a bad song. <laughs> I mean, it's on the Wikipedia it talks about how a lot of people think it's a bad song. <laughs> you know, any any uh, song that has that that section on Wikipedia talking about like legacy and there's some bad stuff it makes you question if this is really good in the first place. Yeah. But a song I don't think anyone needs to question because it's really bad is uh, <laughs> I don't even know how you say this. Is that you, Santa Claus? <laughs> By the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Gifts I'm preparing some Christmas sharing But I pause because Hanging my stocking I can hear a knocking Is that you, Santa Claus? Sure first call, how do you feel about Brian Setzer? <laughs> In general, I think I feel fine. He was just like a rockabilly guy in the 80s who just kind of brought that sound back and has kind of coasted off the Christmas season for a while. He's done at least like three Christmas albums and like PBS specials and stuff. It's like, yeah, he's he's deep into Christmas for some reason. Oh my god, I think he has another Christmas song. He did a Flintstones song. I'm trying to remember if it was also a Christmas song. Because, okay, so basically the origin of the, my experience with Zat You Santa Claus. Oh my God, he totally did a Flintstones Christmas song. <laughs> Damn it. That would have been so good. Yabba Dabba, You Will Tie to find the Brian Sets Orchestra. Wow. But it's just him singing the Flintstones theme, mm-hmm. and there's like maybe a few Christmas things thrown in. It makes no sense. But the origin of this is back. 2009 which I'm now discovering was like close to when this song was actually came out I think it was 2006 yeah. it's probably a little earlier than that mm-hmm. I was working at Petco and we had a Christmas playlist and everyone who worked at that store this was their least favorite song <laughs> and it's just the way he says is that you Santa Claus it's it's that weird kind of like rockabilly swagger way he says it the fact he says Zat Z-A-T not that yeah. is so annoying <laughs> And it has that greasy, gross, lounge lizard <laughs> feel, like you're hearing this in some sleazy, like, Vegas casino off the strip somewhere. Yeah. Like, it's just really gross, and it's not funny or, like, that catchy. Uh, another another song that people hated, but I didn't really look it up, and it was, uh, there's a Kwanzaa song they used to play. <laughs> I was like, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. But I feel like Kwanzaa probably probably has enough troubles like getting respect around this time of year, so I didn't include that. Yeah. But yeah, everyone hated Zat You Santa Claus. I believe it is a cover because I noticed there's a Louis Armstrong version. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it because I'm. I know. I know this yeah. is the worst version. <laughs> of course, it's the worst version. Uh, as someone who just heard it recently, did you have any strong feelings about it? <laughs> yeah, like I really don't like the verse. It's kind of funny when he says the Zat You Santa Claus thing. So like everything has to me, stop. It made me laugh the first time I heard it. So, yeah. it's I'm not particularly taken with it. Zat, Zat You Santa Claus. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. This is a weird song. I've definitely never. I haven't heard this since I worked at that store. Yeah, that's probably for bringing back memories. <laughs> um, so yeah, this comes down to the point. Do we want to rank these? Sure. Or do we just want to pick it. the worst? No, I, I'd like to decide. Like, okay. What do we hate the most? Okay. I think that'll be um, fun. So I think we're, we'll take out mistletoe out of the running. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um. So. I think the only other one where I like I was I'm still I said I come to a conclusion. I don't think I hate baby. It's cold outside. All right, fine. I know it's too controversial. Yeah, anyways. I know it's the hot button issue this <laughs> Christmas season, but I just I can't. All right, so now we're down to ten, right? Yep. What do you hate the least out of? I mean, these? I hate Wonderful Christmas Time the least. Um, boy, what do you hate? What do you hate yeah, the least? Yeah, I think I, I, I'm not gonna fight for it really. It's annoying, but it, it doesn't make me cringe. It's more of like, oh, come on, okay, like you're okay with hearing it once, yeah, then you hear it twice. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, let's see. Okay, let's put that at number ten. Okay, number ten. Is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, 1979. Okay, ooh, shit. I guess I don't hate Do They Know It's Christmas so much. Okay, okay. It's kind of fun just because everybody, they got involved. It's it's just kind of the musical equivalent of smelling your own farts. Yeah. I guess I don't hate that use Santa okay. Claus so much. Yeah, sure. Because I don't, that I don't hate Brian eight. Setzer. Yeah, I get it. Like he he established a sound in the '80s, and that's what people like him for. And he just keeps doing it. <laughs> There's gonna be some turds. <laughs> um, uh, you know, all I watch for Christmas is my two fed front teeth by jimmy buffett is okay, yeah. too it's, it's offensive just for babies that's all it's just for babies Where's the wrong audience it's, we're 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 literally right in the middle of the two audiences for this like you're five years old or you're like 65 years old <laughs> none of those are us yeah um it's okay. harder and harder as the songs get worse these are all pretty bad i'd say uh christmas in the northwest is more boring than it is bad yeah I don't think it's grading like it's some just of these. really low effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe Jingle Bells by Brett sure. Michaels next. Because there's nothing wrong with the song itself; it's the cover that's bad. Yeah, which is an important distinction. Because now we're all down to originals. <laughs> that I are think very yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. I suppose I would put "Funky Funky Christmas" next. Okay, I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> Since I guess at least we had a good it's time funny. discussing at least you can dance the to lyrics. It. Yeah, you're not gonna like yourself, but no. you can dance. Um, I'd say sh- uh, "Shake Up Christmas" because <laughs> it hasn't had as much of a lasting effect. Yeah. Now this is where it gets like, super. <laughs> So we're down to two. We're down to Christmas shoes and Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Going into this, I was sure Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer was the lock for first. But at least there was a time where I, as a child, where I thought it was a little funny. There is no time I ever liked Christmas shoes. And like I was saying, it's sad, sad. You can't do a song that's sad, sad. It's so sad. Not a Christmas song. So bad. Um... Yeah, I guess. Let's put that at number Christmas one. shoes. <laughs> at least there's like... 
There's something to be enjoyed about I, Grandma Got It's trying to make you laugh. It's, it's, it's really lame. Like, it's the uh, comic equivalent of, like, a Jeff Foxworthy book or, like, an Uncle John's bathroom reader. But at least it's trying to make you laugh. Christmas Shoes is just trying to make you fucking depressed, <laughs> but also be like, I need Jesus right now. <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> I can understand that. All right, so let me read it off here. These are our top ten worst Christmas songs. Uh, number ten, Wonderful Christmas Time, Paul McCartney. Number nine, Do They Know It's Christmas, Band-Aid. Number eight, Zat You, Santa Claus, Brian Setzer Orchestra. Number seven, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth, Jimmy Buffett. Number six, Christmas in the Northwest, Brenda Cuts White. Uh, five, Jingle Bells, Brett Michaels. Four, Funky Funky Christmas, New Kids on the Block. Three, Shake Up Christmas, Train. Two, Grandma got run over by a reindeer, Elmo and Patsy, and our number one worst Christmas song, Christmas Shoes, by New Song. What a stupid name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hear their new song? Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so we've made our list, and we've checked it twice. <laughs> So now you can make your shitty uh, Christmas song playlist. Mm-hmm. We have a couple more segments before we wrap it up. Uh, one thing I want to talk about briefly. I don't have a name for this segment, but I've been watching a show, Colin. Yeah. That is, I guess, it's music, very music oriented. It's not quite rock and roll, but have you heard of Mike Judge's Tales from the Tour Bus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw so some commercials for it. Um, it's on Cinemax, so that's why nobody's seen it. <laughs> but there is a uh, you can get like a Cinemax uh, free trial through Hulu. And it's basically a show where Mike Judge um, appears as like an animated version of himself. It's not quite like rotoscope, but it's definitely like realistic drawings. Yeah. And uh, he's sitting in a tour bus, and uh, there's two seasons now. And he sends the first season talking about country musicians and mostly controversial ones. Like he talks about, if you've ever heard of Johnny Paycheck, some kind of crazy drunk guy from the from the '70s. And he talks about Blaze Foley, and yeah. basically just sharing these crazy stories of these country musicians and their lives and it interviews uh, people that played with them and knew them and it's all drawn and it's just really informative and it's really funny half hour shows it's basically just mini rock docs and they're really good Hmm. and what's so cool is they did a second season and instead of continuing with country musicians now they're doing funk and so there's like George Clinton George Clinton has had the craziest life (laughs) he's been naked so many times on stage (laughs) it's insane (laughs) Just him getting naked all the time. And he's interviewed for it. And he is he's just such a funny guy. Yeah. My favorite story, which I'd never heard, is there's a time in um, 1968. I'm not sure what they were called at this point. Uh, yeah. Parliament, Funkadelic Parliament. In the in the documentary themselves, they're confused. They have so many different <laughs> incarnations. But let's say Parliament was driving through Pennsylvania after a show. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they went through a dark road. And then they saw a bunch of zombies walking around. And George Clinton's like, I couldn't stop screaming. <laughs> and then here's... Here, and this, according to them, this is a true story. They had driven through the set of Night of the Living Dead. Wow. <laughs> I have never heard that rock anecdote. That mm. Parliament drove through the set of Night of the Living Dead. What are the odds that those two things... You know, cross paths, yeah. and uh, the season's still going. You know, they they talk about Bootsy Collins. Um, James Brown has a two part episode. It's just really interesting, and it's mm-hmm. really funny, and I think it's the perfect length. And I like the art style. I really hope that's a show that keeps going. Like, I'd love to see them take on another kind of subgenre, almost yeah. with the uh, maybe hair metal for the next season. I think that's the obvious one, but yeah. it's just informative. And, and Mike Judge, he's just got a great sense of humor. 
Yep. And uh, so, I, if you can find Tales from the Torah Bus, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's a great show. Uh, so yeah, let's go on to our album recommendations. This is a segment we call Yesterday and Today, where we talk about one older album and recommend it, and a newer album. Yeah. Recommend it. <laughs> and uh, I'll go first. I'm just laughing because uh, my uh, the word document I'm using um, auto corrected my first band. <laughs> uh, my my first album I'd like to recommend that I've been listening to lately is uh, Backstabbers 1972 by the OJ's, or according to Text Edit, the OKs. <laughs> <laughs> I always do this. I always have to give the origin of why I've been listening to this album. It can never be I was just listening to this album. Yeah. So day after Thanksgiving, I'm flipping through TV and VH1 classic, or I think it was just VH1, but they're showing they're showing a bunch of older things. Hmm. They were showing the um, Temptations miniseries. Yeah. And which is like a miniseries that like I kind of hate and love. Like I love it because I love the music, but it's the most cliche. It's basically Walk Hard, yeah. if it was about R and B music. <laughs> like, you ever try cocaine, Eddie Kendrick of the Temptations? <laughs> but it's the songs are great. Yeah. And uh, so then I was listening to a bunch of Temptations, mostly like their their early '70s stuff, though. You know, with like um, yeah, Papa's Rolling Stone and all that cool funky stuff. And I mm-hmm. kind of put on a Spotify playlist. And then, you know, a bunch of old 70s funk songs coming on. And then um, some OJ stuff came on. And I was listening to that. And I'd never really given that album a chance. And yeah. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like not enough people talk about, like, people talk about the 60s Motown stuff a lot. Yeah. And, like, 80s R&B dance music. But the 70s, like, funk, like, that early 70s period, like, soul music was so cool during that time. <laughs> and I think it's because yeah. even though, like, the arrangements were relatively the same... I think it's because like people started singing about darker things. People started singing more about like drugs and sex and the yeah. ghetto. Yeah, and the OJ's they were kind of part of the the subgenre of R and B in the seventies, known as Philly soul, which was like kind of more uh, polished, I guess I would say, than like the Stax or the Motown R and B, where it's like a lot more orchestral stuff and horns yeah. and stuff. It's like a lot smoother sound, which is pretty cool, and definitely like led into disco. I think in a way, just like making everything kind of more cinematic and and just having a fuller sound is. I mean, for cool. sure. I think the song "Love Train" is an excellent example of like that. Seems like a bridge between soul and disco, where it's yeah. very danceable and kind of upbeat. But there's some other stuff on here. Like, there's literally a song here called Shiftless, Shady, Jealous Kind of People, <laughs> yeah. which I love. And another song I really like on this album is called 992 Arguments. Origin of 99 Problems? I don't know. Maybe. That's that's a way bigger problem. That's so though. many 992 problems. Arguments. It's a very specific number. Yeah. They're probably just singing. It's like, that sounds good. 992 <laughs> Arguments. Uh, but yeah, it's just a solid album. It's got all the hits that you'd want, I think, from early... Or at least that period of OJ's. I'm not really sure. I assume they span like a, such a huge amount of time. So many of those R&B groups, they're like 1965 to current. Yeah. You know, they're just around forever. So they probably were doing a lot of mid '60s stuff. I think they started as like a uh, like a five piece group. They're most yeah. famous as a trio. And um, 
yeah it's just it's just a solid i'm always looking for good kind of funk soul albums and i know there's still a lot i need to check out so it's exciting that i can still experience those for the first time yeah so that's my recommendation cool uh mine i wasn't aware of but i just looked it up and came out the same year as yours and is kind of a similar kind of sound um so i think before this we were thinking about doing a a podcast on like the stuff in music we were thankful for this year and one of the ones i would have talked about would have been aretha franklin because she passed away this Mm -hmm. past year but also like weirdly i went on a tear of listening to a bunch of her albums like a month or two before she died because I think I kind of just got in the mindset of being like, well, she's getting old and she's done a lot of good stuff and a lot of it I haven't listened to. And yeah, I listened to some of her late sixties stuff. And then, um, one album I really liked, which was like kind of later in her kind of golden run of the late sixties, early seventies was a young gifted in black. Which was a 1972 album. It's like, I think, a little more downbeat and sort of like introverted, and also kind of has that almost Philly soul sound where it's a little more polished and and there's kind of a you know a a more of a a fleshed out sound to it that just it sounds very pristine and good but the the songs are are really great too and uh yeah it's just kind of at the end of uh i think a really great run of albums and uh yeah just just a really good album from her it shows off her voice nicely a lot of the songs have a Wikipedia. Entry. Yeah, that's how you know <laughs> I don't it's know, good. like any of them. I feel <laughs> yeah. so lame. Uh, I feel like Daydreaming's kind of one of her bigger ones, but yeah, not, none of like her huge hits. I think are on this album, but all the songs are pretty good, <laughs> which I guess is in line with the Wikipedia entries. I don't know. Well, do you know VH1 named this the 76th greatest album of all time? Wow. Just in general, not yeah. even on a specific list. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, I don't know. I've never even heard of this, and I know there's so many big names in the writing credits and in the uh, personnel. Every everybody from Billy Preston to Dr. John. I see Jerry Wexler as the producer. I believe he coined the term R&B, hmm. which is crazy. It's crazy yeah. when you can trace that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel bad that when Aretha Franklin died, I really didn't know much outside of some of her '60s work. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's just so much. I don't know where to go. Yeah. Um, what if you had to like recommend like a couple like how <laughs> how soon would I get to this one? <laughs> uh, honestly, I'd, I'd put it in the top five okay, of her cool. albums. I, I would probably start with Lady Soul mm-hmm. and then uh, the one with respect on it. I've never loved a man the way I've loved you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aretha Now is another one from like that same period, and then I'd, I'd probably recommend this one. This one's very good. Um, yeah, I think I also heard that. There was this um, live documentary she did in the 70s, which I think was the recording that was the basis for a live album she did called Amazing Grace, which I still haven't heard, but it's supposed to be really good. 
and she never wanted the concert film released, but now they're going to do it. And I think hmm. maybe they showed it at a film festival. I heard it was really good, but it's just, I don't know. I think the kind of thing where she just didn't want people to see it. But Any idea why? Is that information that's widely available? Probably. I just haven't <laughs> researched it, but yeah, I think that's coming out sometime in 2019, which I'm interested to see. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds interesting. All right. Now we move on to our today recommendations. Yeah. And I'm going to go with an album that I actually found out pretty recently and have been enjoying quite a bit. It's Songs of Praise by Shane. I've heard of it, but I haven't yeah. heard it. It's kind of um. So I found that the single first, which has a weird name. Let me see if I can look that up. But the single is uh, I I, I describe it as kind of like it's kind of Brit pop, but a little more punky. Um, it definitely sounds kind of like Liam Gallagher if he was a little like more off key. <laughs> and they're not afraid to say like the f word. I feel like Oasis, for as much as they swear, never swore on Oasis. That's weird. <laughs> They do have a song called "Fucking in the Bushes," but even that, like, is just like a bunch of audio samples. Yeah, like I don't think they're really doing anything. The song is called "One Rizla." Um, it's like a, it's just a music video where they're like hanging out on some farm, some just kind of like sloppy-looking British teens. I assume they're probably pretty young, and they're just talking about like I don't sing too good, but I'll give a fuck. <laughs> but it's good. It's way better than I just made it seem. <laughs> And it's funny because that song is very poppy, but the rest of the song is almost more punk. It's very in-your-face. It's very young. It makes me think about how a while ago, um, this is our last Rock Talk, we were talking about, uh, what's your face? It's the Led Zeppelin knockoff band. Greta Van Fleet. Like, this is, when you're young is when you should be, like, full of, like, this should be your best years, I think, for most bands. And this definitely feels like that kind of band. Like, they're just right out of the gates. They're full of piss and vinegar and angst, and they're just letting it all loose on this album. <laughs> and I was also watching them on KXP, and even in the KXP soundstage, they're just like throwing shit and just like they're having a good time. They're a wild band. They're having a. This is what rock is all about, and I was yeah. having a really good time listening to this. Um, they listed as post punk online, not mm-hmm. Britpop, but that one single is Britpop. And most people like it, and I'm glad to have found it before our top 10 albums list, because I think it was a great shot at making my list. So, songs of praise. Check it out. Okay, so my pick uh, is another artist I probably would have put on that thankful podcast Mm -hmm. if we made it, is uh, Elvis Costello came out with a new album this year. Elvis Costello comes out with albums lots of years. I usually don't care about it that much, but you know he. This one got 
like pretty good reviews, which I was kind of surprised and delighted to see. And I listened to it, and it's it's pretty good. It's called uh, Look Now. Um, he did it with the Imposters, which is basically the attractions, except without um, Bruce Thomas, who was the original bass player. And he reminds me a lot of um, Imperial Bedroom, which is an early 80s Elvis Costello song where he was kind of, I don't know, trying to do like a more adult sound. And I think he even hired Jeff Emmerich, who was like the Beatles engineer for that album. And this one kind of has that, that more adult Elvis Costello song rather than like the angsty young man that he was known to be for his first few albums. And that's, that's a good look on him as like an older guy. He definitely has like more of a, a croonery sound in his sure. voice. And, um, I went and saw him live uh, when he was in Seattle, and it, it was great. It was really nice to see him, just because, like, you know, when artists like that that you really appreciate and have loved your whole life are, are getting up there in age, you know, you, you want to appreciate them. And, and uh, I had never seen him live, and it was one of those bucket list artists that I needed to see, and, and he was really good. Um, yeah, and this album's good, too. The song sounded very good live. He's one of those artists where I feel like every time it comes with a new album, there's like a new theme to it and a new band with it. So yeah. when he goes on tour, I, I've never been sure. It's like, what am I going to see if I go to this yeah. show? He played a lot of the, uh, you know, the late 70s. I'm glad to hear that because he definitely seems like an artist who like is writing new music and is probably still writing pretty good music. So he's likely yeah. to like play a good chunk of it instead of like when you see like a nostalgia act come out with a new album and then they only play that one, like the single from that album and that's it. And then yeah. they just go back into the, the other stuff. But I can imagine Elvis Costello still cranking out good songs. Yeah. What uh, album number is? Like, how many albums is he up to? Because oh, I, I feel like he's released so many. Got to be like twenty at least. For someone who's only been making music since like the late seventies, too, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I was pleased that I knew most of the songs he played in his set. There was maybe one or two that I didn't know, but for the most part, I was pretty familiar yeah, with everything I, he played. I've never had any sense of where to go after the early '80s, yeah. '80s with Elvis Costello. But I'm glad to hear that he's still making the goodens. Yeah. Also, I, I typed in Elvis Costello to see what results I would get. <laughs> And I got this cool uh, drawing, but even better is this, uh, you could Google this, Elvish Presley, you can get a picture of Elvis looking like Legolas, it's pretty good. Elvis Costello, do you have a Christmas song? I'm going to look that up right now. Because Elvish Costello is so perfect. Elvis Costello, Christmas song. Uh, Maybe, winter song? I remember he's on Stephen Colbert's christmas special oh yeah, yeah. i remember that <laughs> what's the album called again i'm sorry i already forgot uh look now <laughs> look now yep okay i think some of the songs he co-wrote with burt Bacharach, like they were gonna make some of these songs into a musical but the musical never panned out so they just ended up on this album but were these songs he wrote a while ago with burt Bacharach or recent ones? i think it was a while ago yeah, because I'd be surprised if Burt Rackrack still has the energy to, to work on music. <laughs> He's like 90 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone loves that collaboration from Austin Powers, too. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> it's uh, it's against the law to not like it. Well, that's awesome. Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Well, it looks like that's everything 
we ha- we've got uh, for this Christmas episode, and you'll see us again in the new year. And if you want to see some of our older episodes, you can go to mildlypleased.com and search Rock Talk, or you can go to iTunes and search Mildly Please, and you'll find all our other episodes and some of our other podcasts. And hey, you can say there's no such thing as Santa. That's for me and Colin, we believe. Ho, ho, ho!